This podcast contains discussions about mental health and may contain discussions about suicide and self-harm. If you or somebody that you know is experiencing distress or is in immediate danger, dial triple O or call Lifeline on 131114 or Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. Also, if you believe that someone you love is experiencing a mental health issue, please encourage them to go and talk to their GP as soon as possible. Thanks very much for listening. Hello folks and welcome to the latest episode of How You Going Mate, the podcast. Adam is my name. Of course, our podcast is about mental health and wellness, uh, but what we hope to do is get people to share their stories of resilience and well-being and, and talk to us and tell us and share with us how they have managed their mental health and how they manage their wellness and how they've continued to, to, thr- to thrive, um, not, just, not just survive, but thrive and, and live good, meaningful lives with uh, a mental health condition. Uh, this episode... Uh, the person that we've got on this episode is uh, Johnny Lobos, and 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 Lobos was introduced to me uh, via a, a mutual associate, uh, and said she said to me, uh, "Look, this guy would be great on your show. Get him on; he'd be fantastic." And I can tell you what, folks, I was not disappointed. Um, I, if I'm really super duper honest, it's been it was one of my favorite uh, favorite interviews to do. Um, he's just got this incredible attitude to mental health and wellness. Uh, we talk, it's a pretty wide-ranging conversation. Um, he's pretty open and honest about his mental health conditions, which are, uh, which is really cool to hear. It's actually, I, I love having those conversations with people. And we talk a little bit about how he kind of came back. And, and one of my favorite parts of this conversation is where he sort of reflects on the advice that he would have given to himself um, or that he would give to others that are, that are experiencing a similar uh, mental health condition. Lobos is... Um, particular mental health condition was anxiety disorder so um it's a really it's a really interesting and a really i think a really empowering uh episode i as i said i really love this one and i really loved recording it and i was so excited to put it up and of course i had to wait a little while because i've got a few in the bank now the thing you'll notice as we talk about this uh, as we talk through this podcast this was actually recorded i think back in february it was pre- coronavirus so uh a big give him a bit of a plug um labos runs a uh, martial arts uh class or martial arts uh, facility called the wolf life academy out of fit hq out there at Campbelltown, and he was uh, in the process of making big plans for launching that academy he's a brazilian jiu-jitsu teacher and instructor and um and competitor and an australian champion in a in a, in a few different areas so uh, he was really pumped up to open this academy, and of course, uh, unfortunately, this um, this whole situation uh, with the coronavirus, COVID nineteen, if you will, uh, has uh, scuttled those plans, albeit temporarily. Because if I, I think the uh, the impression I got from Lobos is it's not going to actually stop him. He also has been uh, online quite a bit. If you want to follow uh, Johnny Lobos or the Wolf Life Academy, he's on Instagram. It's J O W N Y L O B O S. I'm sure if you. You search him, you'll find him. He does a lot of live posts. He does um, some really cool stuff around how he's managing his mental health through this coronavirus crisis. But as I said, 
this was um, this was recorded prior to his to that that whole situation. So it's going to sound a strange conversation because we are talking about making plans for May, um, and at this stage, none of us are making plans for May. But when he eventually opens, if you're interested in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, if you're interested in learning martial arts and learning something new, um, and you're interested, I guess, not only in just the physical side, but the mental and emotional aspect of of your of your physical health and, and of, of physical health and mental uh, mental wellness, um, then have a go down and have a chat to the guys down at Wolf Life. Go down and try a, a class. Um, it's he promises it's going to be martial arts done differently, and I've no doubt. That it will be, but in the meantime, uh, enjoy this conversation with Johnny Lobos. As I said, I, I think it's a fantastic episode, and um, we will just encourage you to jump on. As I said, follow Lobos, follow us. Um, if you're on the social media pages, please shoot us a review. Tell us what you think of the episode. I'd really love to hear your thoughts on this one. But without further ado, let's ask. Let's start talking, and ask Johnny Lobos the question. Johnny, how you going, mate? Really good, buddy. Really, really oh, good. Oh, that's good. Now, this is a really interesting one for me because um, quite often when I do these, I know the person reasonably well, but we've just met, and this is really kind of uh, – I like these ones because part of what I want to do is discover people's stories. Perfect. And so I get to do that with these conversations where I don't really know the person. Before we do that, though, let's, um, let's get the plugs out of the way. Do it. What Wolf Life Academy? Tell us, tell tell our listeners about Wolf Life because it's integral to your story. I feel later on, but tell us about Wolf Life. Yeah, so look, essentially, Wolf Life Academy is a brand new jiu-jitsu academy yep. that's going to open up in Campbelltown on the 9th of May. Yep, um, I've been doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu for around six years. Yeah, and I just felt the time was right just to start to do something uh, on my own. Yeah, uh, in many ways, it's like a really cool little passion project where we've teamed up with like family and friends and people that are just inter- as, as interested as I am in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And I don't know, I just felt something special like this was missing in Southwest Sydney in Campbelltown. And I thought we had a really cool idea, a different approach to how to do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, so what, 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 what does that look like? What does a different approach look like for you? Um, for me, it's all about having no politics, no nonsense, no yeah. silliness in it. Um, having these freedom policies where we are a team, but we really want members to be individuals and to express themselves in their own way Mm -hmm. um so it's a very welcoming kind of jujitsu i would say where there's the rules are based around i guess good ethics and morals um but you're free to wear whatever you want to wear you're free you know you don't have to wear our patch you don't have to wear our geese okay um and i understand why teams do it and and clubs do it but just for us we thought you know what? That's not what jujitsu is about. Yeah. For me personally, for me, jujitsu is about um, just pushing yourself in a capacity that you'd never be able to do anyway. So yeah. that's why we we decided to do something a little bit differently. So you could turn up in a gi, you could turn up in a pair of mixed martial arts shorts and a yeah. rash shirt. You can essentially whatever yeah. you're comfortable with. And is it, it, it again a belt system or a, or yeah. are we kind of just? almost freestyling it like okay here's a really cool technique i want to show you oh well look there definitely will be a belt system obviously so like white yeah. blue purple brown black all those kinds of things yeah. um but how we grade as well i think will be different and how we approach uh the individual in terms of their growth okay. will be very different so for me personally like say you have a very short stocky person with very short limbs yeah you know you're not going to really want to put a huge emphasis on <laughs> i guess um how to do a really effective triangle and especially when they don't have the mobility for it so it's about also working with our members um on an individual level and going you know what 
what kind of game do you want to have? Yeah. And let's tailor your game around that. Let's create something special for you, something personal, something individual. We used to have, um, when I did Hapkido, I think at a blue belt level, they used to have a turning sidefall, which is what I'm led to believe a quite a complex manoeuvre. But um, they, they would sort of say, look, for certain people, i.e. people above 40, um, we're not going to make you do the turning <laughs> side for. We'll, we'll put something else in there. So it, it's almost sort of that. It's almost like, okay. Yeah, yeah 100%, you, you, man. This is where your strengths are. We're going to give you the opportunity to, to really focus on that. 100%. And like, I don't know, I'm just excited to work with just a, such a wide range of people that are just so passionate about jujitsu. Yeah, yeah. So I've always felt we're students of the art not of the brand. Yeah. So that's what I mean about the no silliness, no politics about it. It's just, look, let's just get together in a room. Let's yeah. train our butts off. Yeah. Um, hopefully walk away injury-free and yeah. um, with a little bit of knowledge and self-respect for and, each other. And, and also, I think the thing that puts a lot of people off about these things, um, you know, is that, that UFC element. So, you know, people come in and you probably, I'm sure you've heard this guy, you know, he walks in, I want to learn how to do UFC. And you go, no, it's it's... It's a little different. It's mixed martial arts. Presumed you did too. It's different. Um, but also, I guess that taking out the testosterone a little bit, you know, taking yeah. out the macho-ness and making it about the art. A hundred percent. And yeah. just like humbling someone. Yeah. And and I think jiu-jitsu is an amazing way to do that. And I think hapkido is a great way to do it. Karate, taekwondo. Yeah. I, I'm just a massive fan of martial arts in, the, the know, thing, in general. The thing I loved about my last school when I first got there, I, they gave us our, our, um, our gear and they said, and I said, oh, did you, do I have to put patches it was just a plain black you know nothing else and he's no we don't do any of that we don't do but we didn't even have a school name on it <laughs> it's about coming and training that's it man it's not about showing what we've got and all our things it is about coming and training you come in you train you go home 100 percent, and and that's how i kind of look at my jiu-jitsu in many ways is that it's my meditation it's yeah. my chance to kind of go away from work just hang out with my friends just yeah. train improve myself learn something new hopefully on that day about myself yeah. just grind it out work out my frustrations yeah, and just cool. grow as an individual so that I can contribute better to my club to my academy to my students to my family to my wife to my child to everything yep just that pursuit of continual growth and evolution yeah, and which is it well which leads us nicely into our, <laughs> our, our mental health journeys because I feel like you've gone on a similar on that sort of similar trajectory so I said to you off air the first question I ask is what is mental health mean to you what would when i say that term mental health to you what what comes into your mind man I, I think when i hear the word mental health like i think of so many different things yeah and obviously because i did suffer with um i guess generalized anxiety and you know some forms of depression when i was growing up yeah. it's I, I think about that automatically yeah. about my own personal journey with mental yeah. health but when someone does mention mental health, I think of a wide range of things and I think of terms like anxiety, uh, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, yeah. uh, suicide, um, loneliness, um, blue days. I think about all these different terms. Yeah. I, I, I think a lot. I think a lot about different things. Go on and you know, share as much as you want to share, as I said at the start, but going back to the generalized anxiety, did you ever get an understanding of what contributed to that for you was there ever something that you were able to kind of go well these were the things or was it um i think in many ways i did i think there's probably like some an unanswered questions yeah um i started to so for me with my own personal health journey i guess mental health journey it was honestly from like it was like from day to night it was just it just happened yeah and i think i kind of look look back a little bit and i think about it and as a child i was I was always very OCD, yeah. like obsessive compulsive disorder. Like, yeah. you know, I'd have to write 
you know, a sentence with my left hand, then I'd have to write it with my right hand. I'd kick a ball five times. I'd want to kick it with my right ball, with my right foot five times. Yeah, yeah. I even remember moments where I'd be sitting in the back seat of my car with my parents, and I couldn't stop thinking about my breathing. Yeah. And then I wouldn't be able to breathe naturally. I was actually like just controlling it on my own. Yeah. And I'd have to like really, really distract myself to kind of forget about it. To actually get back into a yeah, natural rhythm. And, but yeah, but it, it used to really upset me because I'm like, man, I'm. I can't stop thinking about my breathing. Yeah. And it was just so random. And I remember just asking someone once, like, do you ever do this? Like, no. And I was like, oh, okay. So then I, I, I remember all these I actually have done. I have done. <laughs> not to that extent, but yeah, yeah, yeah I have done that. Yeah, so, you think about it, you go, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's something that kind of scared me a little bit, I guess, because when I did have my generalized anxiety, um, I remember the doctor saying, well, you should learn how to meditate. And they're like, you know, you... You focus on your breathing. And I'm like, man, that's not a good thing for me. <laughs> that's part of the problem. Yeah, because I'm so OCD. I would obsess about such little things. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just worried. Like, I think I was a very fearful child. Like, yeah. I, would, I would even remember, like, say, if it would be raining really, really hard. And I'd freak out. I'm like, oh, it's not going to flood, is it? Our house isn't going to, like, collapse, is it? We're not going to, yeah, like, yeah. die and float away, are we? My mind would always just shift to the complete extreme of, like, just being scared, just yeah. being worried. Or if, like, say, my dad would get pulled over by the police, I'd freak out and think, man, my dad's going to get arrested. I'm not going to have a dad anymore. He's going to jail. You know. Yeah, so just, I just think naturally my mind would always just, just naturally get to that really scary place on its own. Yeah, yeah. And then I think just things started to really add up um, as I got my first corporate job at Johnson & Johnson Medical. Yeah. And it was just one day I remember driving um, through B- Bankstown. I'm driving home. And I started getting this really hot, burning sensation up my neck. Yeah. And I'm just starting to feel really, really, really uncomfortable. And then from that point, I remember just for weeks, I couldn't like shake it. Yeah. Just this really odd feeling. And it was getting to the point where I knew something was wrong in a sense where I'd start to have these really, really, really illogical thoughts. And everything was a worry. Yeah. Everything was a concern. Um, and I would just second guess everything about yeah. myself and I would keep, well, I didn't mention anything to, to my wife and she was my girlfriend at the time. I didn't mention anything to my partner for like nine to 10 months yeah. because I was just worried about what she would say. Would she understand, you yeah. know, would she think I'm an idiot? All these different kinds of things. And the worst thing was I was just building it up and building it up and building it up and to a point where I just couldn't hold it in anymore. Mm. So, and what did she say? Um, I remember just telling her, I'm just like, because it, I just hit it so well. Yeah. See, I can, I can look back at photos and I can tell when I'm pretending to smile. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I know what you mean. Yep. You, you know, I'm like, I know I'm faking a smile there and then I'll just, and it, it was getting to the point where I couldn't hide it anymore because I'm like, she's going to know something's wrong because I was starting to change as a person in the sense where I wasn't sleeping anymore, where I could only fall asleep if she actually slept next to me. And then I'd wake up in the middle of the night just completely shaking. Like I couldn't stop shaking. Um, It was starting to affect like, I guess, my sexual function, my libido. And I'm like, if I'm intimate with my partner and this happens, she's going to start to wonder something's going on. Am I cheating on her? Am I seeing someone else? You get like all nervous and shady around her. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And I was like, man, this is getting really, really, really bad. And and what I mean by the illogical thoughts is like, um, I remember once I shaved um, and then I went to do jujitsu. And obviously I'd shave and, and I'd cut my face a little bit. And so then I was rolling on the mats and then I got a really bad staph infection on my neck. 
And then obviously you got your lymph nodes around your neck. Yeah. And then I touch them and I'm like, man, these are really inflamed. I've got cancer. <laughs> and there was a point yeah. where yeah. I'd go to the doctor every day, but a different yeah. doctor just to get the reassurance that you don't have cancer. Like it was getting oh, to that wow. point, like yeah. that extreme. Yeah. Um, or like say we'd be at the dinner table and I remember this perfectly. We we're having dinner with um, her family and they had some older family friends and they're like, I, they're talking about another member yeah. about how they have a brain, they got, they have a brain tumor yeah. and one of the symptoms was they were getting really bad headaches. And I'm like, man, I'm waking up every day with a really bad headache. Yeah. And I was freaking out. I'm like, I've got a tumor, man. Yeah. I know something's wrong. And I'd get all crazy with it. I'm like, God's punishing me. I've done something in my life. Yeah. You know, this is just insane. Yeah. And then the night before I decided to tell her, I, I'd fall asleep at her house, sleep on the couch, and I'd drive home. And I was on Blackson Road. And I'd just be crying and punching the crap out of my steering wheel yeah. just because I could not shake it off. I could yeah. not shake it off. Yeah. And it was just now getting to the point where it, start, it was starting to scare me um, just because... I guess, I guess because of my background, I'm quite superstitious or whatever. But yeah. um, so in, in my, on my father's side, one of my uncles committed suicide. Yeah. And I'm like, this is just fate. This is like inevitable. And I wasn't having... It's part of the family curse yeah, kind of exactly. thing. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would even use words like that. I'm, Man, I'm cursed. There's yeah. something wrong with me. Yeah. And I'm like, this is it. I can't avoid this. Like, I'm going to end up killing myself. But I wasn't having suicidal thoughts. Yeah. But I was really petrified of killing myself. yeah. I was having dark, intrusive thoughts in terms of violent thoughts um, and just ridiculous things. Yeah. And, and then I just couldn't take it anymore. And I just, I'm like, look, I really need to speak to you. And I just told her. And I remember I couldn't, I couldn't stop crying. And I was shaking. Yeah. And she was like the best thing ever. Yeah. Like she completely understood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess that was my ignorance. So this was what? When I was 23 and I'm nearly 35 now. So nearly yeah. 12 years ago. yeah. yeah. And it was from that moment, like there was still a lot, a, a lot of battling to go through. But at that moment, I think that was the turning point mm. for myself. Mm, but for, for a while, I was just really still sensitive. And it was, I think it was very hard for me to deal with because I've always thought naturally I was a very mentally strong person. Yeah. And I'm like, I cannot believe this is happening to Johnny Lobos. Yeah. Like, who is, who is this guy? Like, <laughs> yeah. does he even exist? Like, what happened? Why can't I just go back to the point where... I just go back to the point where none of this was happening. You know, I'd be at restaurants with my family and I'd have to get up every five minutes because I'd have to go wash my face because mm. I just wanted to cry. Yeah, and I'm like, why the fuck do I just want to cry? Yeah, Am I allowed yeah. to swear? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Don't, not every second word. But, no, yeah, of course we not. Can, we can drop him in for effect. <laughs> sure. Um, and so I was like, why am I crying? Like, why, yeah. why am I crying? Like, and I, it was just, it was getting to that point. And then yeah. so speaking to her initially was the best thing because then she from that point on she started to give me really good advice yeah it was a i've sort of said there's people i know in my life that looking back um and even perhaps nate that we sort of spoke to at the start you know a lot of his bravado was hiding his mental health and and the things that were going on for him in his life did she just sort of go i just thought that he was who you were as a person i just kind of thought you were that guy who was maybe a bit quieter or maybe a bit a bit more intense or or did she kind of go yeah i knew something was wrong no she didn't know something was wrong no no idea no that, that's why because i was hiding it so I mean, much you must like, have been an amazing I, actor i was just pretending so much but it was just <coughs> it was just destroying me because yeah. i just knew at a point i'm like this is going to come to an end and if i tell her 
it's over. Yeah. Like, she she's just, she's going to just want nothing to do with me because I'm completely insane. A hundred percent. Yeah. And again, we were talking off air, and that's the thing, that's the thing that your mental health issue tells you. Uh, I used to joke that I say, say to people, I, you know, I thought I was special. I thought, oh, no one's ever felt like this. No one's ever had this. And then you start to tell people, and they're like, yeah, me too. Yeah, no, I had that as well. You know, when I was taking medication, I'd be like, I'd, I'd meet a girl, and a couple of months in, I'd sort of go, oh, I take medication. She'd be like, yeah, I do too. And I'm like, oh, why did I need to hide that from you for two months? It's crazy, right? <laughs> you know, why, why did I need to not tell you? It's it's just these assumptions that I think we make. and yeah. But it's kind of funny. I, I think when you're dealing with a mental health issue or some form of disease, you kind of, like you said, like you do kind of think you're special. Yeah, yeah. And it's almost like the... I don't know. It's almost. I, I felt like sometimes it was like an inbuilt defense mechanism. It was, it, it was like an allowance for me to get mad. Yeah. And like I remember once would be having a good time. I told her this was like a few months, like a like a few weeks after I told her, joking around. She's like, man. She's like, babe, you're just so crazy. Yeah. And I got up and I skitzed it. And I'm yeah. like, no, nah, I'm going home. She's like, why? I'm like, how could you say that to me? Yeah. How could you say that to me? And that's one of the things. Like I remember so well. Was like I was petrified to be diagnosed as crazy because yeah, she would yeah. say to me. You need to go see a psychologist. Yeah. And I'm like, you do realize if I go see a psychologist, it means I'm crazy. Yeah. And she's like, it doesn't mean that at all. I'm like, it does. If I go see a psychologist, it means I'm crazy. It's official. Yeah, it's I'm it done. Locked in, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's a shame that I th- that I th- it's a shame that I felt like that. Like to be honest, because yeah. when I reflect on it now, it's just it's just childish. Like that's how I perceive it now. It's like, man, why were you so silly? Like. You went through all this pain, all this suffering when you didn't yeah. have to. But yeah. at the same time, they don't teach you these things at school. Yeah. They don't teach you these things, I guess, growing up. Yeah, yeah. It, and it's not even – I know mental health is such a big topic. There's so much behind it. But you can simplify it in the sense where everyone can kind of relate to it and understand to yeah, it. Yeah. And so for me, it was just – I was like, yeah, I just look back on it. I'm like, man, what was the big deal? Yeah. I, mate, I always say I, – I always talk about it in terms of physical health. If you broke your leg, you'd go to the doctor. Yeah. You know, if you broke your leg right now, I wouldn't try and fix your leg for you. I'd go, Johnny, <laughs> stay there. I'm going to call AAA. I'm going to make you comfortable and I'm going to get a professional in to come and help you. And, uh, and I think there's, again, the physical part of it is, you know, if you're carrying an injury and you've got a big competition coming up, you, you're going to kind of try and hide that injury because you don't want anyone to, you want to compete. Yep. You don't want anyone to know there's a weakness. You don't want anyone to be able to exploit that. You yep. just want to go in and do your very best. And if you, if you can't do that well then something's really seriously wrong it's physical it's the same as physical health it's it's like any injury you get it early enough you get on top of it early enough you rehab it properly you can recover from it you can get on and move on with your life and it's just like when you're going through it though like you actually think the opposite you're like if i show this then i'm done for but and that's what i mean like now that because I talk about my, my mental health story all the time. Like if there's someone that's yeah. going through something, I'm like, well, you know what? I used to suffer from anxiety pretty yeah. bad yeah. in my early 20s for like three years. Yeah. Um, and I speak about it openly and it's almost funny like it's, it actually powers me now. Yeah. Like you feel liberated by being able to speak about it and talk about it and share your story yeah. and about the things that you kind of did to push through and to get better. Yeah. Um, but having definitely my partner like in my story – it did make a very big difference because I had that really loving and logical person there to kind of help me. But at the same time, I started to notice that taxing effect it was having on her. Yeah. And that's when I really decided to do something 
for myself and for her and my mental health. Because so what was your first step? Yes, yeah, so look, I did. I told her, and then I felt automatically better. And then, of course, I'm like, oh, cool, I'm cured. This yeah. is all good. Yeah. But it didn't work like that. It yeah. was still getting worse and worse and worse. And that's why she'd be like, you need to go to the doctors. You need to go to the doctors. And I, would, I was refusing for months and months and months and months. But then I saw, like, I remember once we were having a conversation about it, and she broke down crying because of all the weight that she was carrying. Like, she was working, I believe, at that time at the Black Stump in Lumia. It's not there anymore. Yeah, yeah. And she quit her job so that she could be be with me on weekends. And I'm like, man, this is like really bad. This is like, this it's, is your problem. It's now really affecting other yeah, people. And, yeah, and, and that's the thing with mental health is that, man, it takes everyone down with you, like yeah. around you. And that's it's almost like I had like a little click, and um, and it was like, it's one thing to have your partner there to support you and to love you, but they're not meant to, um, solve this for you. It's like your problem. It's like I said with the leg. She's yeah. not going to fix your broken nah, leg for you. A hundred percent. And yeah. it's, you just don't realize that at the point. But um, I was like, this is my problem to solve. It honestly is if I don't, not man up, but just as a person, take responsibility for my issues. Yeah. I'm not going to get better. Yeah. And I really didn't want to become a person where I just start to point my fingers and, and start to blame everyone around me and yeah. going, the reason why I'm not getting better is because you're not supporting me. Well, you're not taking care of me. You're not helping me. Yeah. At the end of the day, they don't have to. Yeah. And even if they did that, if you don't get the correct treatment, it's not going to solve the issue. Yeah, no. And and so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to the doctors. And that's the first thing I did. I went and spoke to a local GP. And I'm like... Which one? Oh, <laughs> 17 it, to choose from. Oh, now. man. Johnny, was, we've not seen for a while. <laughs> it, it was a battle because I went to the doctors and I, I told him my story. Um, and they're like, All right, what I want you to do is before I give you a mental health plan, they're like, I want you to practice some simple meditation techniques a few times a day and come back and see me in two weeks. And I was a little bit thrown off by that. And so I did that and it wasn't working because, again, I obsess over things. Yeah, yeah. And then so I went back and I'm like, look, it's just not working. And they all kind of thrown back. They're like, really? You really need a mental health plan? I'm like, man, I really need a mental health plan. I need yeah. something. I need to see someone. Otherwise, I'll just go pay for it myself. Yeah. And then so – the doctor agreed and they wrote me out a mental health plan and they got me to go see a counselor. So I wasn't a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Yeah. It was um, um, just a counselor. And I don't remember the gentleman's name. I think his name was John. Um, but he was awesome. And I yeah. think we just clicked. Wasn't, wasn't the building up next to MacArthur Square there, was it? No, 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 no. This was a building near um, Queen Street. Okay. Um, towards the end of the Queen Street, there's right. like these like little apartment, this little like Asian restaurant. Thing. Yeah, yeah. You, you walk up the stairs and okay. there's like a, my council was John as well. But anyway, go on. Okay, cool. <laughs> and um, he was. We just kicked it off, and yeah. the first session was just about um, just talking about what I was going through and what I was feeling. Yeah. And I was explaining to him like, man, I just feel like I'm losing my mind. Mm. And the way that I would describe my mental health was is that I couldn't turn off my mind. Mm. And I mean, it was just chaotic, mm-hmm. like simply, simply chaotic. And I just couldn't switch it off. And I would just think of the worst things possible you could think of. Yeah. And I'm like, this is so bad. If anyone could get into my head right now, they'd think like I'm a freak. Mm. And, and that's when the counselor said to me, he's like, you do realize thoughts aren't real. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, well, they're not real. They're not physical things. They're not real things. Mm-hmm. But he, he explained like the connection of thought and the physical body and how much of an impact it has. He goes, you're thinking all these things and it's like out of control. 
it's affecting you physically now because I was telling to him, like I was saying to him, I'm like, man, I'm 23. I can't even get an erection. Mm. Like what, what's happening? Your to body's me? in a constant anxiety yeah. response. Yeah. And he's like, well, look, he goes, I'll show you the connection. He's like, and I use this example all the time, but they're like, just to show you like the, the impact of thought on the physical He's like, imagine you are a healthy 23 year old. There is no mental health issue. He goes, if you start to visualize and think of sexual things, what's the physical reaction? Hmm. And I'm like, an, an erection. Yeah. And he goes, exactly. Yeah. And so he's like, so right now you're having all these intrusive thoughts, all these you know, bad things going on in your mind. What do you think the physical reaction is going to be? The complete opposite. Mm. And that's why I was, cause I was saying to him, I'm like, I'm getting to work now at 11.30 in the, in the morning where I'm meant to be there at 9. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't care anymore. Yeah. I was just like, if they fire me, they fire me. I just don't really care anymore. I just, yeah. I was starting to not care about things anymore. Yeah. Um, but I ended up doing eight sessions with him. And by the eighth one, he suggested, he's like, look, to be honest, I think you're ready to go on your own. But if you need to come back, you can always come back. Mm. And we did some really, really cool things in the sessions. And he really explained, he, he really explained to me well what cognitive behavioral therapy was mm. and the replacement of negative thoughts with positive thoughts and actually letting go of things, like letting go of thoughts. And so he'd make me sit down and meditate with him in the sense where he'd be like, I want you to sit down. You're in this like, nice comfy chair. You're in the wilderness and you're watching a river go past with branches. And he goes, those branches are your thoughts. They're there, but you're letting them go. They're there and you're letting them go. And then he'd make me do some positive reinforcement stuff. And it's stuff that I do to this day, even when I'm not going through like any anxiety or any low moments where I'd be in a shower. say if I'd be feeling off, I'd I have to ask myself a series of questions. Mm. So I'd be like, am I feeling really down right now? Yes. Have I felt like this before? Yes. Is it a painful process? Yes. But are you a strong person? Yes. Mm. Will you get past this? Yes. Is there anything that can stop you? No. Are you ever going to give up? No. Are you ready to continue now? I was like, yes. Mm. And just doing that, it was like a little psych up kind of little story. Um, And it was awesome. And then he gave me some really cool literature around the effects of thinking negatively and the effects of thinking positively. Mm. And then how replacing a negative thought with a positive thought and like how much practice is actually involved in it. Yeah. Um, and again, there's and there's a lot. <laughs> well, it's the, again, it's a physical, and mental thing. You know, we were talking about jujitsu techniques beforehand. You know, you don't just go in and learn an armbar and be an expert, snap it on any time. You, you know, Bruce Lee said, "I don't fear the man that knows a thousand kicks or has practiced a thousand kicks. I fear the man that's practiced one kick a thousand times." A hundred percent. You know, so you've got to. It's people don't get it. It's a muscle. It you've is. Got to work on it. You've got to build it. And I think if someone explained to me that said, "Listen, um, your mind and your brain are kind of interconnected." And it's just like a lung or a heart. Yeah. Sometimes it's a bit damaged um, and you need to build on it. And then he told me about, um, um, I forget his name. I looked him up on YouTube. I think his name was Dr. John Kabat-Zinn. Yeah. Um, I think he was quite known for like bringing meditation and cognitive behavioral therapy to the like Western world. And it's this Google talk. And one thing, so for me, I'm a very, very visual person, which is a really good thing. And sometimes it can be a very bad thing, especially if you're suffering anxiety because yeah, yeah. you, can, you can visualize some pretty bad stuff. Yep. He would mention how your mind is like when it's going through anxiety and depression, it's like an ocean that's going through a massive storm. It's an absolute chaos. But if you go deep enough down into that ocean, there's nothing but calmness. Yeah. And it's like that's this point that you're trying to get to when you meditate. Yeah. And because he explained it like that, it just made sense to me. Mm-hmm. But when you tried to explain it for me, and like, 
in a very spiritual way. I, I just wasn't, I wasn't understanding it. Mm. But I'm like, oh, I'm just my brain right now. My mind is like a really chaotic storm, and I'm just trying to find that calmness. Yeah, yeah. And that's when I'm like, that's what meditation is yeah. for me. And that's why when I was like, you know what? If I keep on being scared to meditate because of my obsessive compulsive disorder of hmm. focusing on my breathing, man, you are literally running away from the problem. You hmm. need to just, just you're going to have to deal with it, Johnny. You're going to have to just man up and just face it and overcome it. Yeah, you're yeah. just going to have to do it. So I was like, man, I'm going to do this. And I did it. And I still to this day sometimes get that breathing thing. But rather than ignoring it, I'm just like, I right, bring it. Let's go. Let's think about it. I'm going to understand it now. I've got to work Yeah, because you, you remove the power from it because the counselor would say to me, he's like, I don't want you to think about pink elephants. He's like, what happens? <laughs> he's like, you think about pink elephants. <laughs> he's like, so if you say to a problem, go away, go away, go away, your internal anxiety voice is going to be like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm here. Yeah. You can't do anything about it. But if you're like, problem stay, I don't care. What yeah. are you going to do about it? yeah. You kind of like remove the power from the thought. Yeah. So for me, those are the things that worked really, really well for me. Mm. And I just started to really grow from it. I started to really understand it. And then I, I did my sessions with my counselor. And I think it was after my second or third session, I told him, I said, for the very first time in a long time, in months, mm. I actually walked to my car and I didn't have one thought in my head. Mm. I was just smiling. I was happy. And I mm. still mm. remember that. Mm. I remember the pair of pants, the shoes, um, shirt I was wearing everything and that's when I knew I'm like I'm getting better man mm. you're like you're going to beat this you're going to beat this and you're going to one day be able to share your story with people mm. because I was just things that used to worry me was like what happens if I get married and I have kids how am I going to deal with this yep and that's like that scared like the cr- like it scared the crap out of me I'm mm. like I can't even function as a boyfriend how am I going to be a dad <laughs> how am I going to be a husband I'm like what's going on so yeah. I knew I had to be proactive and I knew it was my problem. I knew I couldn't victimize myself about it. And I knew I couldn't just talk to my girlfriend or my family or my friends about it because then I started to reach out. I'm like, no, man, like that's one thing to talk about it. But then there's actual treatment. Mm. It's just like how you said, if you've got a broken leg, it's like imagine you have this broken leg and you're just talking to your friends about it all the time. Look at my leg. It's it's on a 45-degree angle. Isn't that amazing? They're they're eventually going to be like, look, man, like, go to a hospital. Yeah, like it's all good. We, we like we like your story about your leg, but you got to actually do something about it. Yeah, yeah. And that's when I'm like, got to learn how to meditate. I got to go see a counselor. Um, I got to get my stuff in order, and then I got to just just do something with my life. And I knew, and I said to myself, if this is going to require every ounce of energy, and that's all I can do, and focus mm-hmm. on my mental health, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Because I really need to get back to not... Because I used to always say to myself, why can't I be the Johnny Lobos from before, from nine months ago before any of this nonsense happened? And then that's why I knew my mind was changing. I'm like, nah, man, you don't want to be that guy anymore because that guy broke down. Something happened. There was just an underlying issue and it was just a matter of time. And something happened and it set me off. So I'm like, you need to evolve as a person. You need to evolve your understanding of mental health, anxiety, depression. You need to just grow up in many different ways. Mm-hmm. And and that's why now to this day, I'm so happy it happened to me because I really understand mindset, positivity, negativity, intrusive, intrusive thoughts, anxiety, depression to an extent. Yep. And I'm able to like, when I am having a bad day, I'm able to go, all right, man, like I'm able to pick myself back up. I'm able to talk to myself and mm. kind of like counsel my way through it or 
if anyone approaches me and they're like, they're not doing well, like, and obviously mm. being a personal trainer, you hear some really messed up stories. You hear some very messed up stuff. And there's people who depend on you and who want to talk to you and who want to cry on you and, and all these things. And it's, so it's almost like you're a second rate counselor at best. <laughs> and it's an accidental counselor, yeah, a formal counselor. I, exactly. Yeah, and it's yeah. so like, you have to kind of know how to deal with those things. And now the thing is like, I'm more than happy to talk to my clients about their issues, yeah. but it does get to a point where I'm like, you know what though? Let's walk you over to the anxiety and depression clinic across the road. Like, yeah. have you thought about being a doctor? Have you spoken to a doctor? Yeah. You need to do these things, otherwise you're not going to get better. Like, yeah. you really need to go see someone. Yeah, yeah. Um, and look, Beyond Blue and all these things, like, existed back then. But, like, I guess when we were talking about it before, like, props to them and, and all these other companies for the amazing work they do. But... For me, the advertisements or the way that it was promoted, it just wasn't working for me. Yeah. To be honest, it just kind of scared me more to do yeah. anything about it. Yeah. Um, but everyone's individual. Everyone's different. I've heard the similar. I've heard similar stories. I mean, I'm about ten years older than you. Sort of guys my age that talk about the fact that yeah, you know, like it. it like again, I, I'm not going to bag anyone out, but the are you okay? The way it's written, that's text language. That's text speak. Um, that's not how I speak. I don't. Yeah. Very, I don't write you instead, the letter you instead of Y-O-U. I, I'm an old guy. I write Y-O-U. Um, so, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I wanted something that was aimed at me. A hundred percent. You know, I wanted something that, that I would understand. And I hope other people would understand it as well. And it's, it's, that's, that's where I, I mean, as you said, props to them all. And as many of us out there that are talking about this, it's fantastic. We need to have those conversations, but, you know. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's, I think it, look, I think it's a, it's a cool tool to get people kind of talking about it. Yeah. But I, I, the, the, the issue with me is that I kind of wish I had someone just tell me, you do realize this is on you and you need to do something about it. Yeah, yeah. Just speaking to your girlfriend or your parents is not enough, man. Like yeah. you need to go see a doctor because it is completely on you. And so everyone is different. So yeah. I'm, I'm not an overly sensitive person. I prefer the truth. Yeah. And that is the truth. Like for me, it's like rather than just going, putting up a really depressive post on social media going like things that just irritate me sometimes is like, you know, when you go through Facebook or, and, and someone posts, I can't believe this is happening to me right now. Mm. And I'm like, man, you're just looking for likes or for someone to comment and go, are you okay, babe? Is everything going okay? Yeah. Man, it's, it's the wrong approach. It doesn't work. They call or the people that what, what they call vague booking, oh. uh, where they'll say that but not actually tell you what it was. It's yeah. like, no man, don't do that shit. Put tell me what it is. Yeah, exactly. What's happening for you? A hundred percent. And 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 so so for me, it's like I just wish there was that. Like I would honestly prefer it if the advertisement was if you're suffering from mental health. Statistically, the only way that you're going to get better. Yeah. is if you actually go talk to a doctor yeah. or a counsellor. Yeah. Your family and friends are there to help and support, but it is not their problem. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just going to make it their problem. Mm. And that's what I was noticing with my girlfriend. It was going not just my problem, but our problem mm. and her problem yeah. and her problem. And I was just becoming dependent on her. Yeah. And I'd ask her every day, am I getting better? Do you think I'm getting better? Yeah. Looking for that reassurance. And I just kind of wish she'd, she'd turn around and be like, no, you're getting worse, man. Yeah. Just go see a doctor. Yeah. Um, 
And but, that's, she, but she's trying to keep you happy. So she's like, yeah, babe, of course you are. A hundred percent. You're awesome. And that's the only thing is like, if you do ask, are you okay? It's like, well, you need to follow up with, well, if you're not okay, you need to see a professional. Yeah. It almost needs to be like that because yeah. even myself, like that, I do have experience with it. I'm not a trained professional in psychology at all. And so I'll have a little bit of opinions or a, a, an opinion or some advice yeah. on what you can do. But yeah. my advice would always be like, I would always, it'd be like a feedback sandwich. I'd be like honest, some really nice stuff in the middle, <laughs> and then some honesty. Um, feedback sandwich works the other way though. Yeah. No, it's nice. <laughs> no, I think I'd just be straight down the line. You're the, that's the Lobos style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Just for me, I, yeah, just looking back on it, like my process was my process and my journey. I 100% agree with you though. Yeah. And, and, and the thing I've learned, I mean, I, I'm still learning about this mental health stuff and I've only started really in the last six months looking after myself and understanding, like I, I walk every day now. Yeah. Now, I'm not the walking guy, right? And I'm never, I started a wellness page, like I'm a wellness guru now. I'm like you look like a trainer. I look. I don't look like a wellness guru. You're the guy that starts that page, not me. But it's that connection between. There's all these things, but the responsibility is me. I have to get up and go and walk, and I have to get up and I have to look after my diet. I'm a big boy. I feed myself. Why am I fat? Because I eat shit. Like no, there's no, there's no mystery to that. Of course, no, I get it. <laughs> you know? I get it. So you you get you control that. And with your mental health, I look. I'm. I agree with you. I think there's. Uh, there's people that actually that actually start to own it and it becomes a part of who they are and yeah. they, they can't separate themselves. Their identity becomes so on some levels their mental health. And issue. that's and that's a big problem. Like and I've recently experienced that with some people and it's like the theme of their life is depression. Yeah. The theme of their life is mental health. Yeah. And it's because you think you're taking the necessary steps, but then yeah. you don't realize how dependent you are on other people and how yeah. much of a problem you're making it for that person. Um, and that person's just going to experience burnout, like just empathy yeah. burnout, and they're just not going. They're going to stop caring. Yeah. And like, you know, I've 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 experienced that like not that long ago. Like just, I guess people putting their problems on me and making it my problem. And so when Are You Okay Day came up, man, I didn't want anything to do with it. <laughs> like nothing because yeah. I'm like man depression is now becoming the theme of my life yeah. and I'm becoming this miserable person again I'm getting angry again and I'm getting upset and it's because you start to take people's problems on and on and on yeah. and the problem with are you okay day to an extent is like well how often are you meant to say are you okay Yeah. because the problem is, is that when you work with someone and you know they've got a mental health issue if you then just make the whole thing about that, then yeah. it's like you know that they're monitoring how you're looking at them, what you're saying, yeah. how you're saying it. Did I say and, – and then you start to question yourself. And I have in the past. I'm like, did I say hello already? Do I need to say hello every time I walk past this person? Yeah. Do I need to ask them about their mental health every day? Yeah. And, and the relationship becomes really one-dimensional. Yeah, and, and, and that's what the thing that sucks about it sometimes. And, it's, and that's why I just wished it's like – just more more creative marketing on how to deal with anxiety depression and it's like yes it's one thing to talk about it yeah. and to be open and honest with your family and your friends so they can yeah. support you and make yeah. sure that you're okay and that's awesome but there needs to be something for people like me when i was going through it it's like dude it is your problem to solve go and get it done go get help yeah. it is on you and no one else yeah. and unless you evolve and change and you seek out the correct treatment, 
be it psychology, a psychiatrist, um, antidepressants, whatever it may be, mm. you are not going to get better unless you take ownership and leadership yep. of this today. You're not going to you're not going to lose weight unless you exercise. You're not going to the broken leg's not going to fix it unless you go to Correct. a doctor. You've got to. You have to be the one that actually drives this. Not yeah, and, and and when I really noticed that, that's when everything changed for me. Yeah, and I um, and I felt good. Like I started to feel really, really, really good. And so then I'll on I'll talk about it openly, when people would ask me. But it wouldn't be. I'm like this. Just though can't be the theme of my life. I don't want to be known as Johnny Lobos, the guy that beat generalized anxiety disorder. I didn't want that. It's just mm. because it was a part of my life. And it will probably always be a part of my life. And I'm thankful. Mm. And that's the cool thing that I can actually be like thankful that it happened to me. Mm. Um, but that's just because I did the necessary things to be able to beat it. And now I feel I have the tools in my life to do things that I would have never imagined myself doing. Mm. And and one of them is like having the confidence to buy a gym, um, start a jiu-jitsu academy, um, create my own app, do all these different things. Yeah, yeah. And unless you go through that mental health journey... Um, you, I don't know. It, it just does something to you. I personally think what happens is you break, right? Like you break. And you break, I broke, we, we break. What you get to do, though, with the break, though, is you get to go, okay, here's all these pieces in front of me. That, like, as you said, I, be, I don't want to be that guy. That guy broke. So I'm going to get rid of those bits. That bit's still good. I really like that bit. So I'm going to take those back. But there's some other pieces over here that I'm actually going to put in as well because they're really cool. You know, I, like for me, my this talking. Yeah. I got given the opportunity to start doing speaking professionally, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be good at it. <laughs> Did it once, loved it, and now it's part of my life. You know, it's part of what I do. It helped me get confidence. It helped me feel good about myself. It helped me recreate who I was. So I kind of feel like you. It's it's. There's an opportunity there that people don't get, where you get a chance to recreate yourself a little bit, rebuild, as, and and as you've done, a hundred percent. You know, yeah. you've gone from Johnny Corporate Guy to Johnny, you know, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu Champion, Johnny <laughs> Health Guru. You know, but you know, yeah, I mean, it's it's so true. It's so true, and it's that's why it's like I sometimes, like I tell, like my wife, I'm. She told me this really cool thing, and it's always stuck with me. And I, and I mention it to people when they do go through stuff. And she's like, look, you might go through your mental health for one more day, one more week, one more month, or a few more years. But you do know that you are going to get better. Yeah. And I'm like, and then I'll take that. And I'm like, that's correct. I'm going to get better mm. when I take ownership of my problem mm. and I go see the doctor and I push to get a mental health plan yeah. and I put into practice the things that the counselor is giving me. And I practice and I practice and practice because I want to get better. And I don't want this... Um, I don't want to victimize myself and I don't want this, um, I don't know, just this like pity behavior that I was kind of like mm. partaking in. So, yeah, it's it's just, that's why I'm so thankful for it because, yeah, I was working a corporate life and everything was going awesome. Mm. I, could, I was doing so bad towards the end. My manager pulled me in. He's like, hey, I'm actually really disappointed in how you're performing with this product launch. And I made up all these excuses. I'm like, oh, you don't understand because of this, because of that, because of this, because of that. And I'm like, I mean, it's funny because you reflect now. You're like, dude, you're just doing a really bad job. Yeah. And you're going through mental health. But still, man, you can't throw it on that. Like, yeah. you're doing a bad job. And yeah. you, you weren't honest about what was happening, but you yeah. didn't know how to be honest, with that, which is fine. And it got to a point where um, I left J&J and – I was getting married a few months later and I'm like, I'm just going to go work for my dad in construction. And 
I was away from my girlfriend then. And I was like, man, this is going to be so damn tough. But I just persevered and I just grew and I grew and I grew. And I just kept practicing the things that I learned in the books that I was reading and from the counselor. And you just become, like you said, you just become this really kind of cool new person because you keep the things that you want to keep and you get rid of the things that you don't want to keep. And one of the things, yeah, that I didn't want to keep about myself was I didn't want to keep the fearfulness because I was such a, like, I was always so scared. Yeah. Um, but I kind of wanted to keep that, but evolve it where I'm scared, but I don't care. Mm. I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. I wanted that kind of approach. And that's why, like, I post so much stuff on social media. And the reason why I do it about my dreams and goals is because I like to put it out there. Because if I fail, I want to expose myself. So I'll be like, hey, man, you said you were going to do something and you didn't do it. You've been exposed, so you need to work on A, B, C, and D. You get held accountable. Yeah, man. Yep. I'm a big believer in that. So that's why people are like, man, why are you putting all this stuff out Like, if it's not even ready? Because I'm like, because then I have to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no Because I really want to do these things, but if I put it out there, people are going to hold me accountable to it, and they're just going to ride on me if I don't do it. And so I'm like, so I'm going to do it. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. That's my, that's my wellness page. I've got people on there now posting videos of themselves, posting pictures. I've got, I've got to perform now. I can't <laughs> back out of this. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, now I'm in. Yeah, and, and, and even like when I was setting up this jiu-jitsu academy, there was two coaches that I really wanted to come with me. And I was kind of scared to ask them. And I really wanted them to be part of this, you know, this beautiful project. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to start teasing stuff before I even ask them. So then I have no choice but to still do it anyway. Yeah. And I did it. And it was, it was scary as hell. And it's like I was holding myself accountable. Um, but yeah, it's it's been like a really, really wild journey. But it's been a really awesome one. Because sitting back, you can really, you really, I, I find you get an appreciation of how insane the mind is. Mm-hmm. And that. Before, I'd get really offended if someone said, you're crazy. But now I'm like, you know what? Maybe I am. Mm. And that's cool because it's worked in my advantage. Yep. And it's just you just be like, you, you just realize like how intense the mind is and how much of an influence it has on everything. Mm-hmm. And then you, you grow up and you mature. And then, yeah, like you spoke about before about like people when they go through things and about trauma and how it shapes you and how it shapes your mind and it shapes your brain. And it's like, well, why is this person like this? Why are they mm. behaving like this? And that's helped me a lot with my personal training. Yeah. Because um, I really pride myself on my results. So when then the very first time I meet someone, I like to sit down and talk to them because I want to get down to the subconscious thoughts of what's driving that um, that synthetic need. It's like, mm. you know, I'll sit down with someone like, so what are we wanting to do? And they're like, I'm wanting to lose 20 kilos. I'm like, why do you want to lose 20 kilos? They're like, I've got a wedding coming up. I'm like, okay, but why do you want to lose 20 kilos for the wedding? They're like, oh, I want to look really, really nice for the wedding. I'm like, okay, but I'm like, why do you want to look nice? And then we go deep and it's like, because my husband doesn't hold my hand anymore. Mm. Because I've noticed my husband um, doesn't kiss me at night and he looks at other women all the time. Mm. And then when you get to really understand someone's desire of why they're wanting to do something, then you're really able to formulate a plan and go, okay, this person is going through a lot right now. Mm. So your approach, Johnny, needs to be very, very different. Mm. Um, It needs to be with more care and with more love. And with a bit more understanding and passion, but still at the same time with a lot of truth. Mm. Just just be honest and just go with it. Mm. And so, yeah, so when, by going through your own mental health journey, you learn all these new techniques and you learn all these new things and you learn how to talk to people in different ways. Um, and obviously now being 35 or nearly 35, you, yeah, you, 
you kind of learn all these really cool little things that yeah. you can apply to day-to-day lives. And there's still a ton more things that I need to learn because I know I still do heaps of things wrong. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a learning process. I just don't – I'm just not so hard on myself anymore when it comes to those those things. Yeah, it's a continual process of evolution. I, I'm or Just today, I found a really fantastic – the United States Marine Corps, of all people, have put out a really fantastic thing on mental health, obviously relating to stresses that uh, Marines suffer in a combat environment, but it's like that's that mental health continuum that you guys have put out, that's perfect. I never knew that thing existed. I'm constantly finding new things. I, I, I really worry about going out and saying this is how I think you need to tackle your mental health because that version of that is constantly changing for me. Like it's constantly – I, I love what you're saying. I agree yeah. 100% with everything you're saying. But in 12 months' time, I might have added some stuff to that. 100%. Here's another perspective I've got on it now. 100%. It's different. Because every, everyone is different. Like, yeah. But the one thing that I would always like stand by is that I think the approach – like you said, everyone will be different and the approach might be a little bit different and the words that you use might be yeah. different. But I still think that truth still needs to supersede all of that. Yeah. And you have to be honest with people. Yeah. And, and it's going to set them off. It's going to set them off and they're going to get upset about it. But without having the truth behind it, yeah. you're just lying to the person and you're not going to help them, I find, like to get better overall. Yeah. Um, but that's why I think it's so important that people go sp- see a professional because they know how to give you the truth yeah, yeah, yeah. in a way that you'll recognize it and take it aboard, on board in a positive way. And, and to me, for me, it was other people would tell me these things, but because I go in and see this counselor and he said it, okay, right. That person's probably saying it for whatever they, they love me, they're doing they're whatever, they're trying to protect me, but he's saying it, okay, it's. He doesn't have a vested interest in this. No. He's just telling me what I need to hear. He's telling me what I actually need to have right now. So 100%, cool. man. Before, before we wrap up, so how, where, did, where did Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu come into this for you? Where did, uh, was it a mental health thing for you or was it just, okay, here's the cool thing I want to try? Oh, look, I've, I've, I've loved martial arts my whole life. Um, I started off doing Taekwondo as a child yep. and karate. Yep. And I, I think I was in like in year 10 or year, no, year 9, 1999, I'd go to my cousin's house and he would have these old VHS tapes of like, um, I think it was even before UFC, it was called like King of the Ring, yeah. all these full-blown martial arts contests. And it was like Taekwondo champion versus a multi-champion. And I'm yeah. like, man, Taekwondo would win a guy for sure because I do Taekwondo and then they'd get absolutely smashed. I'm like, oh my yeah. God, what's going on? And then I'd study a little bit about it and then... Yeah, when I got to year 10, year 11, the internet was, you know, already out and I heard about, you know, UFC number one. Yeah, Royce Gracie. Yeah, and yeah. then versus Ken Shamrock and, and I'm like, and I saw this really, really small guy submit this big wrestler, this really big yeah. kind of like submission wrestling specialist. Really dominated him as well, yeah. And I'm like, what's going on? This just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And then I started doing some research and I found out that obviously that Brazilian jiu-jitsu um, came from the judokas, from the Japanese who brought it yeah. to Brazil. Yep. And then someone would mention always to me, like, yeah, man, like 80% of fights are going to go to the ground. And then I just really got into it. Yeah. I just I was like fascinated by the submission game because what – I remember doing my very first Brazilian jiu-jitsu lesson. Yeah. And there was – I don't think I've ever experienced anything more taxing physically in my life. Yeah. And I'm like, man, what is this? Yeah. And then I just fell in love with it because I just felt every time I would grapple with someone, 
I learned something about myself and I left something on the mat, something that I needed to cleanse myself of. And then I started to see the community and the relationships and the friendships that were being built. And I just didn't experience that in any other martial art. And I think, not that it doesn't exist in other martial arts. I'm sure it does. It's just because I was doing those martial arts when I was a lot younger. And then obviously I started doing jiu-jitsu when I was a lot older. I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then I just kept doing it and I kept doing it and I kept doing it. And I just... I just, I just respect it. I just appreciate it so much just because I'm not very good at it, but I know how, what it must take to be the absolute best in the world at it. So then I was like, just my appreciation for the art, for the technique, right. for the dedication, it just, it just blew me away. So yeah. I was like, I just fell in love with this thing. And there's, it's, it's just an absolute passion of mine. If I could do it for 10 hours a day, I would. I, I, think, of it as, um, I think of it as meditative as well. Yeah. So the place I, I we spoke about, I studied with a, a small school in my first stint of studying martial arts, and they used to do a Friday night rolling session, and I had no idea what I was doing. All the only advantage I had was size. I gassed out <laughs> so quickly, but I'd had size on my my, my my radar. But you know, you've got to focus. Yeah. You've got to hundred percent be in that moment. You can't be thinking about the wife, the kids, the job, your anxiety, the shopping list. You've got to be. Because the other thing I love about jiu-jitsu and, and the, the art of it and watching it is you've got to think. You've re- like you, you know, you compete. Yeah. You've got to be two steps ahead. That dude moves his elbow. Why is he moving his elbow? What move is he going for? I've got to try and counter that now. I've got to start thinking. And, and, but you have to be there right in that moment. You can't. A hundred percent. And I don't know. I, I just, yeah, I just, all those things that you mentioned, and they're all so true. And I know, I know they, they do relate to other martial arts because I love all martial arts. Like I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan of USC and mixed martial arts and yeah, K1 kickboxing and, yeah. and all those things. I love all that. And yeah. yeah, there's just something about, I don't know, using your limbs to kind of strangle someone. <laughs> That's therapeutic. Um, but, it, but in a good way because like right now while my academy is being built, I've been grappling um, with a gentleman called Professor David Willis who's one yeah. of the best in Australia and we're grappling out of someone's garage and for me, in many ways, I'm like, man, I hope this doesn't ever end. Yeah. And it's like a really little crappy garage with some blue mats. Yeah. And there's like eight of us that go every day. And just the friendships and the brotherhood that I've built yeah. over the last months training with these guys has been some of the best moments of my life. It's creating that, that sense of community. Yeah. Like, and it's just like, it's just so special. And like, we've got this saying, it's like good vibes saves lives. And one yeah. of the coaches, his name's Joe, who's actually going to be teaching our Nogi classes here at the academy. Yeah. He always says it. He's like, Johnny, man, positivity, happy rolls and good vibes saves lives. And it's so true. It's so true. And so it's just a, you know, we're smashing each other. We're absolutely going for it. But then there's just so much love and respect. And that's what I didn't, that's one of the things, yeah, that I was like, when I did jiu-jitsu for the first time, like you, you know, you slap hands and you bump fists and then you smash each other. And then the person after is like, man, thank you so much for that. That was amazing. And they give you a big hug. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? (laughs) This guy just tried to kill me, but then he's been so nice. And it's like, yeah. he wasn't trying to kill me. He wasn't trying to harm me. He was just trying to better himself. Yeah. And he was trying to better me. And so I think that's probably the connection that I made with it. Yeah. Um, and I haven't been able to shake the jiu-jitsu bug. And I know I never will. So, But yeah, there's, there's just something about it that I just love so much. And I'm just glad that I can do it. And I'll be able to now do it on a daily basis here in my home. Yep. And, and just, teach it and get yeah paid yeah I can't yeah. wait to teach the kids classes and just and just just interact and work with everyone so yeah. 
I, I hope you come by as well. I, I'm, invite me to the Open Day. I want to come and see Done. the Open Day. 9th of May. Um, now, before we go, besides Jiu-Jitsu, what's your, what's your mental health go-to? When you need to look after Johnny Lobos, what's the, what's the thing that you, you do? What's your... Well, look, besides doing Jiu-Jitsu and besides training, like I do love to run and do weights and do other things. Um, I like to talk to my wife. Mm-hmm. I like to let her know how I'm going if I'm... I like ask him like, am I overreacting? Like, is it? Yeah. Am I? Am I being silly? I'll talk to my, you know, my best friends, um, Timmy, Maddie, and Lewis, and ask him like, hey guys, like, what do you guys think of this? I think because I did go through mental health pretty badly already. Well, I thought it was pretty bad. Right. I'm very open and honest about it. So, like, honestly, when there is something wrong with me, people come up to me because they know who I am. They're like, hey man, um, like you said, like, you seem a bit off, man. Like, what's going on? What's happening? And I'll be like, oh man. Let me, let's go to a room and let's have a chat. Yeah. And because I'm able to get it off my chest um, and talk about it, you know, I feel good. Yeah. But I do know that if I was ever to go through a moment where I just cannot shake off a feeling for, after, for more than, like, say, a month, I would immediately go to a doctor. Yeah. I would immediately go talk to my, um, my local GP and, and, and talk about maybe getting some counseling sessions done. But, I, I, you know, I, I love to, like, listen to podcasts on YouTube, like a lot of Joe Rogan stuff. Yep. You know, I love to listen to, like, a lot of Jordan Peterson stuff. Yep. Um, just anything like to do with that kind of stuff. I just because I have that fundamental fundamental understanding of it now. Yeah, I think I'm able to like listen to things, take it in, take a step back, and be objective. Yeah, and just really put into practice the positive thoughts over negative thoughts. But I I know there's going to be moments in my life like we all experience like really bad yeah. chaos and trauma, and you know I, I might one day like lose a loved one, and I might lose it completely. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but I do know now enough that if you hold on to stuff and you victimize yourself and you blame everyone else around you and you hold it in, you're not going to get better, man. And you can't get mad if you don't get better because you need to get better yourself. It is on you and no one else. And I know that. So knowing that just makes a huge difference because if I don't actively, proactively do something, then it's a big problem. Man, that's perfect. Perfect place to leave it. I love that. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for having me, brother. Hello, folks. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of our podcast. Uh, before I go, could I please ask uh, just a couple of small favors? Number one, uh, we would very much, as we said at the start, love for you to review this podcast. And of course, please share this podcast. Um, the reviews help us to uh, help other people to see what this podcast is about. And of course, the sharing helps us to get our message out there. We don't have any money, so we're really relying on uh, social media to be able to spread this message. Uh, Equally, if you listen to this podcast, now we do a warning at the start, but if you listen to this podcast and anything uh, triggered for you or it made you think about your own mental health or well-being or someone who you love's mental health or well-being, please uh, take steps to help to either manage that yourself or to support someone to manage their mental health. Uh, If you do feel like you need to talk to somebody, Uh, and you can't talk to friends or family, please go and see your GP. Or, of course, you can call Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. Men's Line Australia on 1300 789978. Lifeline on 13 11 14. Or, of course, the Kids Helpline on 1800 55 1800. If you or someone that you love is in immediate danger, please call triple O. But at the very least, please 
um, find a way to manage your mental health and your mental health conditions and please support the people that you love to manage their mental health and mental health conditions and again if something you've heard today triggers for you please go and seek um, some support uh, immediately to manage your mental health condition whether that's one of the helplines we just mentioned or the GP thank you for listening and we'll see you next time Thank you.